Welcome to the High Adventure Scouting Podcast. This is the source for all things high adventure for scouts, scouters, and anyone else interested in promoting high adventure trips for our youth. You can find all kinds of great high adventure options for your scouts at highadventurescouting.com. We are constantly updating the list of cool trips, and we want your input on your best trip. Welcome High Adventure Enthusiast. We are excited, as always, to highlight a High Adventure base on this edition of the High Adventure Scouting Podcast. Today we are joined by Andrew Algier, Council Program Director and Director of Camp Buffalo Bill in Yellowstone High Adventure Outpost. Andrew, thanks for joining us today on the High Adventure Scouting Podcast. Sure, happy to be here. All right. Well, the purpose of this podcast is to give listeners a little more information about your program offerings. sure many outside the regional area don't know much about your programs. So just give me a quick overview of what you guys are doing out at uh, the Yellowstone High Adventure Outpost, and we'll just kind of drill down from there, okay? All right. Um, So Yellowstone High Adventure Outpost um, was developed in 2010. That was our first summer as that program. Um, And it was really to take advantage of all the amazing high adventure opportunities we have. Um, Our base, which is also shared with Camp Buffalo Bill, um, it's eight miles east of the east entrance of Yellowstone National Park. Um, So it's in the Shoshone National Forest, um, but we're we're really kind of out there. Um, Small camp, but we have a really big backyard. We're permitted for almost three million acres um, throughout the greater Yellowstone area. And so we have three miles of river frontage, uh, which we use as kind of a springboard for our whitewater program. We do backpacking trips in the forest. We do them in Yellowstone. We do flatwater kayaking in Yellowstone in a couple of spots, Uh, rock climbing, a little bit of caving. So it's really a wide variety. Um, We also um, have the the ability to do some winter programming. Um, That's a pretty custom process at this point, uh, but we like to try to take advantage of everything that's around us. Well, that's great. Well, you've, you've just kind of thrown out all kinds of different programs you guys are offering, whitewater, backpacking, rock climbing, caving. Now, let's let's drill down into that and just, I guess, start with the most popular option that you guys, uh, that, that crews and, and troops and so on will come up to your, your area for. All right. Um, yeah, that would be our treks. So um, we have kind of the base, you know, five-day trek, uh, whether that's in the forest or in the national park. Um, we also can put together custom itineraries. Um, every once in a while, we'll have a crew that really wants something really rugged, or if they want something with longer mileage, um, we'll typically we can just tack on additional days. Um, so there's actually some options where you can start in the park and pop out in the forest. Um, but those, you know, you start typically on a Sunday, um, come into camp, get settled, checked in, and hit the ground running with packing your food, doing a shakedown, some of those base camp things that you'd see at most high adventure bases. Um, You know, from there, campfire, and then right after breakfast Monday morning, you are out the door to your trailhead. Um, You know, from there, you're you're out, um, sometimes pretty remotely, um, and you come back, you're back in time to get a shower and dinner on Friday. Um, so with that, you know, there's a huge variety of places we can go. Um, Yellowstone itself is 2.2 million acres, and we can go any trail we want in there. 
Um, we're a little limited as to backcountry campsite size. Um, so we have to work with the backcountry office of the park to put together your itinerary for a crew. Um, but there's, there's so much of the park that 97% of the visitors don't see. Uh, most people only get within about 30 minutes of a road in the park. Um, and so we, we like to say that we're able to show them the, the, the other 97%. Well, that's cool. Stuff that most people probably won't see in their lifetime. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's an incredible place. Um, yeah, some of the some of the trips and the stories that come back off the trail is you know, I opened my tent. I was you know next to a beach on the Yellowstone River down in the canyon, and there you know there was a buffalo that walked by, and there was a bald eagle in the tree in front of me, and you know th that's those kinds of experiences that we really like to offer. Now on these these five day basically these five day treks is what you're talking about is uh what what do most of them I know you said you can customize options but what's the uh, what's the most popular thing that that uh, groups will come for is it just you know backpacking is it is it whitewater is it a combination of all these um, well backpacking we certainly have more options um, we can have up to three crews in the park per week um, plus a, a group in the forest. Um, so we have a lot of groups that come to do trek. Uh, what we found the last couple of years is that a hybrid option is really popular. Um, so we have what's called our rock and river program. So it's half rock climbing, half whitewater rafting. Um, so if a group is not committed to do one or another for the week, they can do a little bit of both. Uh, we've had groups where they will do a shorter trek and then do a day of whitewater we can add on. Um, or if you really want to go custom, if your crew is up for a longer challenge um, and has the time to do it, we can put together what's called the surf and turf. Um, and so that is a combination of kayaking in the park and backpacking. Um, so that one typically you're looking at at least seven days, maybe eight or nine, um, depending on your itinerary. But that really gets you deep in the park um, in, in some pretty unique spots. Gosh, that sounds cool. So, um, are there there are there options just for whitewater um, and just for backpacking? Uh, what's the the layout of those? Yeah, so um, our whitewater program, we have about sixty miles of river that we can play with. Um, so fifty of that is right by camp. It's the North Fork of the Shoshone, um, and the rest, the other ten or so miles, is um, actually right next to the city of Cody. So that's below Buffalo Bill Reservoir. Um, so it's controlled flow. So that is raftable all summer. Whereas up by camp, um, you know, the whitewater season starts the beginning of June um, and we can run the full program through, usually it's the second week of July, about July 10th. Um, after that, we start losing sections of river just because the snow melt is dropping off and the rocks start popping out. Um, but it's Whitewater is a program that's set up so that you can come in with almost no experience um, and leave fairly competent. Um, we focus on teaching the skills to be able to do it yourself in all of our programs. Um, so it's not just come have fun and play. It is a, you know, come learn, understand so that you can really do this on your own once you're done. Right, right. And on the uh, let's say they took the whitewater option, are they they camping out in the out in the wilderness, or are they coming back to base camp, or what's the what's the layout of 
Of, uh, yeah, so of for most of Whitewater, it's a you're going to spend most of your nights back at our base camp. Um, we have worked on putting in an overnight component in. So one of those nights on the river, um, there's a, a campsite that you can access um, both from the road and from the river, which is, is kind of a nice check-in point. Um, so for our full program, we really like to use that option where you get kind of a, a solid two days uh, with a night out on the river. So you get that full river experience. Right. It's, it's different everywhere on, you know, some, uh, some white water is you're, you're taking everything with you. Some are, you know, um, staying back at, at base camp and going out the next day. So, um, the, uh, the the surf and turf. I want to I want to jump into that because that sounds kind of cool. Also, the kayak and backpacking. I mentioned that's a little bit longer um, commitment. You know, seven to nine days. You're out there quite a while. Um, what's uh, uh, what's the typical? Is it uh, you know half and half, or uh, as far as kayaking and backpacking, or how does that usually work out? Uh, well, it's really up to the group. Um, you know, the, the two spots in the park where you can kayak are Yellowstone Lake itself and Shoshone and Lewis Lakes, uh, which are connected by about a mile of river channel that's pretty shallow. Um, the hitch on those is that it's pretty remote. Um, you know, they both have a long first day and last day um, to get to that first campsite and back to the, the trailhead. Um, so typically you're looking at about uh, a minimum of three nights of um, surf on that. Um, you know, the turf it could be one, two, three nights. We have options on itineraries um, throughout the park that based on how long you're, you want to come, uh, we can fill in the rest. Um, right. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of a minimum of at least three nights kayaking, four or more if you really... Um, want to get deep, especially on Yellowstone Lake. It takes about three days of paddling to get to the far end of the lake. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, is there a typical size of crew you guys like a minimum or maximum for, uh, for crews? Um, there are. Um, we're a little unique in that because we have to work through the backcountry office in Yellowstone. Um, they're a great partner and they have gone out of their way to help us pull off itineraries um, we're limited by backcountry campsite maximum so um, you know like a Philmont cruise typically you're looking at 11 people um, we send out two staff members with each crew and unfortunately that counts against the maximum um, so with some of our itineraries in the park we can have nine participants that's youth and adults um, there are other spots in the park, like Lewis and Shoshone Lake, where the backcountry campsites are a maximum of eight people. So we're looking at a crew of six. Mm -hmm. um, so typically we're, we're looking at at least four people to a crew, and it could go up to nine. Um, for rock climbing, we're looking at 10 people. For whitewater, because um, it's way more front country, we can do 12 at a time. Um, so that's 12 people in a boat. Um, we can do up to four boats. Um, so we can hold a maximum of 24 people in that program at a time. Okay. Now let, let's say you had uh, a smaller group, uh, you know, come in, you know, a couple, couple people. Are you able to kind of put those provisional campers into uh, a bigger group and or do it the other groups, combine them together? How, how do you guys work that out if that happens? Yeah. So, um, you know, it started out as just the the high adventure wing of our summer camp. 
Um, and so that was almost entirely provisional. Um, so it's really typical to have a crew, um, not as much on the, the backpacking, but in our other programs where you'll have two or three scouts from this troop and two or three scouts from another troop, um, and we put them together. Um, so, you know, unless, but yeah, typically uh, provisional groups are no problem. Awesome. All right. We all know the major high adventure bases around the country, and they offer some awesome programs. Have you been searching for a cool alternative from your typical high adventure trip? As a scout leader, I want to give our scouts some great alternatives. You need to check out highadventurescouting.com. You'll find information on over 30 different council high adventure bases in 24 states. Maybe you're looking for a do-it-yourself option and need some ideas. Maybe you've taken a great trip and you want to share your good fortune with your fellow scouts and scouters. Just send us the details and we'll publish your trip. Whatever your interest, highadventurescouting.com is the one-stop shop for all things high adventure. That's highadventurescouting.com. The, um, now it's, this is kind of housed at Camp Buffalo Bill. So, uh, are there groups, uh, you know, troops and cruiser troops coming to your location, uh, with younger scouts taking traditional program and then older scouts going on high adventure program? Yes. Um, and that was a lot of the intent behind that design was that uh, we could have a full troop come to camp. So everything from, you know, your first year camper program all the way through some pretty, pretty difficult and challenging high adventure. Um, we like to try to make sure we have something for everybody in the scouting family. Well, that's, that's good. Not, not all high adventure bases have that just because they don't have the opportunity or it's, it's separate from their, their regular operations. So, um, as far as, you know, I ask all the time where, uh, um, uh, where the, uh, scouts and scouters come from and geographically and you know on top of that you guys are a little bit further out uh how do how do groups get to your location I mean, do they fly do they drive so i guess it's a two-part yeah. question yeah it's a great question um because we're next to yellowstone we are a destination camp um, we have scouts come from all over the country uh, we get frequently international groups that will come to us um, so there's a variety of ways to get to us. Um, a lot of groups will drive if it's within a day or two. Um, so that's certainly an option. Um, there are groups that choose to fly. Um, on our website, we have some visitor resources on the page that will give you, here's all of the airports within eight hours, um, with links. So it helps you plan your trip out a little bit. So some groups will go to a, a major airport like Salt Lake or Denver, and then they'll they'll rent a vehicle and drive in. Um, in fact, we have some groups that will um, choose the option of flying straight into Yellowstone Regional Airport in Cody, which is 50 minutes away, um, and we're able to do some shuttle service um, with that. Mm -hmm. um, kind of the third group, and we see this uh, there, especially in large, dense scouting areas like Texas. Um, we'll have a troop or sometimes we'll have multiple troops that'll join together um, and they'll charter a bus. Um, they find that it's a pretty affordable option transportation wise, buys them much more flexibility. Um, and so we can do groups that come in on bus as well. Um, unfortunately, we don't have very close rail service. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so we don't see any troops that do the train thing. Um, Philmont is lucky to have that as an option, but unfortunately we do not. Great, great. Well, that's uh, some of these, the bases that are further out, I always wonder, all right, how do you get there? What's the easiest way? So that, that kind of answers uh, my, uh, my question. Now, do you, uh, I, I'm assuming with the kind of the way you work, I know there's some programs that will, uh, it'd be cost per crew. And per person, uh, it sounds more like that yours is a kind of cost per person sort of option. Is that is that accurate? Yes. Um, you know, we have there there are two sides to our price structure. Um, we have for the kind of that base experience, the you know five days of program with a day on each end of logistics and travel. Um, you know, it's we have a per person rate. Um, this year, we've kept our rate the same for the last two or three years, it's four sixty-five dollars uh, per person. Um, there's a discount if you get early payment by March 15th of $25 off per person. Um, but if you're doing custom high adventure or you want to tack extra days on, um, extra program days, that is, it's in $75 per person per day. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. Awesome. Now, as far as getting in and signing up, uh, how early should units start uh, start signing up each year? Uh, our registration, um, our goal is to have the registration for the coming summer open June 1st. So we like to be at least a year out where units can register. Um, at this point, typically we'll see most of our, our stuff start to really fill up early in the fall. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you want to have your full choice of what you you want to do, um, I would say at least get your unit's name in there and and reserve the minimum of spaces um, sometime before September. Um, once we hit December and then into the new year, things get pretty tight as far as spaces. And so if you have a lot of youth who want to do something together, that can be challenging. Yeah. Well, it's especially with high adventure trips, you you have to have to really plan far ahead. Um, in our troop, we we look two or three years ahead. All right, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Who's going to want to go? And it's so you really have to think of those things well well ahead of time. So yeah, so we're used to that. Now, as far as you know, that you have you have several different options and so on. So you know, most of the time, as a as a part of a troop and high adventure uh, coordinator for some of these trips, I'll ask, all right, what do we have to bring with us? Do we have to bring our tents? <clears throat> we assume a backpack of some sort, dry bags, that kind of stuff. What does, uh, uh, what does your uh, high adventure base provide and what are some, some of the big things that they're going to have to bring with them? All right. Um, we don't have full availability, but we can certainly take care of most of our customers um, any technical equipment we provide. So if it's rock climbing or whitewater stuff, we got it covered. Um, as far as trekking gear, uh, backpack, we can cover tents. We can cover, um, some sleeping bags, although I'd recommend bringing your own, mm -hmm. um, if you're going to be more comfortable, um, you know, cooking equipment, we've got that covered. Um, so really if you show up and you have the clothes that you need, um, and a few other personal items, you're going to be set. Uh, we do have a lot of units where 
through the course of their shakedown hikes and everything, they have a, a gear set or a gear kit that they're really comfortable with that they want to use. And that's totally fine. Um, so, you know, if they want to use their own stoves and pots, that's their choice. And we're, we're more than happy to work with them on that. Right. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the tent and some of the, uh, you know, cooking equipment, that's usually the, the questions that, that I will have uh, as, you know, my, my experience and, and that just allows troops to plan and try and crews to plan. All right, what do we need to have, and what can we, you know, count on being there at the camp? So, uh, so I we gosh, we've covered an awful lot. Um, I think probably the last thing I'm curious about is uh, what kind of staff do you have during the season generally for the high adventure? Yeah, so um, we have you know a, kind of a high adventure program staff. It depends on how much we're offering in a year. Um, typically we look at five crews at a time. So we're looking at a staff of 10 to 12 program folks, plus a handful of logistics staff. So people to help drive you to your trailhead, pack your food, um, take care of a lot of other odds and ends. Um, but yeah, our staff, just like our customers, they come from all over the country. We've got some people who've come on, uh, who went through the program in the past, loved it. Um, it's an all, everyone is at least 18. Um, and we have a, a decent number of staff who are older than that. We have a lot of, of college students um, who are going into the outdoor recreation field, um, who are using it as an internship or a professional experience. Um, so a lot of good folks from around the country who bring a lot of really good experience. That's awesome. That sounds like, uh, sounds like a good crew of, uh, of people to, to work on that. So. Well, anything that that we left out uh, on uh, that we haven't talked about that you want to highlight on the uh, on uh, the Yellowstone? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're we're operating in, in public lands, you know, Forest Service and Park Service lands. Um, a lot of our our terrain is rugged, um, and it's really remote, so it, it shocks a lot of people. Um, when we had Philmont refugee crews in 2018. Um, they were you know, really prepped and a lot of them had a lot of experience with Philmont. Um, and the, to come to us where, you know, if you have, you know, a couple hours of off trail travel to connect drainages, um, it was something that they were not prepared for. So it's, we, we like to say that, you know, you get to see wilderness with a capital W when you come to us. Um, you know, things are pretty wild. We have a lot of wildlife, um, not uncommon to even see, you know, bears, moose, bison, um, through our base camp area. So wow. it's, it's a unique experience. Um, and you get to see a part of the country that, um, it's hard to get to. And so it's, the rewards are pretty great when you make the effort to get there. Well, sounds like a cool option. And, uh, I've, I've always wanted to spend time up in that, that part of the, uh, the country. I've, I've been to different places up there, but not out in the wilderness like this. And I'm, I'm going to have to make some time before I get too old to do that. So, <laughs> so, well, Andrew, I, I want to thank you for joining us today on the high adventure scouting podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. No problem. Now I want to, I want to thank Andrew Algier from the Yellowstone high adventure outpost for joining us today. You can get more information on their programs at campbuffalobill.com. That's campbuffalobill.com. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to tell your friends about this podcast. 
You can find us online at highadventurescouting.com, on Facebook or Instagram. If you have any questions or ideas for future podcasts, just email us at info at highadventurescouting.com. This podcast and website are independent and not affiliated with any youth organization. Happy High Adventure! This has been a production of High Adventure Resources.